Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sustainable Conversations on the Broom Wagon podcast. Because as cyclists, we are not just green superheroes. Actually, we can make an impact there just by checking around what can be done, what is good, or what's around there. That's already super important just to know it. And I think it's super important this time. That's why Sustainable Conversation takes place because it's a good mini-series and it makes a lot of sense to listen to other people, passionate cyclists, of course, but people that are doing things in a different way into cycling. Season number three, episode number three, with this time being the last episode of this mini-series. This time is going to be about logistics, a topic that probably you would not expect in a podcast about cycling, but it makes really the difference. So stick it and you're going to listen on what we have to say. I mean, we, my guest and I. Before kicking off, remember that Komoot is supporting this podcast and that's something that I really love because we share a lot of the values together and sustainability is one of those. So, I mean, thanks so much for supporting this podcast as well as this mini-series. And remember, everybody, if you want to unlock for an extra region all the functions and amazing features of Komoot, just go on komoot.com slash g, like Greenland, and be sure to put the code BROOM to get extra region, and this means all the features of this extra region. You're gonna enjoy it, I'm pretty sure of that. Remember that it's super important if you can subscribe, rate, and comment on this podcast, whatever is your host, Five stars is appreciated. If you put a bit less appreciated as well, but even more appreciated is your feedback. Calamaro CC or Broomwagon Podcast on the Instagram are the place to go to give me a feedback. Remember as well, down in the description below, you're going to find coffee link where you can pay me a coffee and make this podcast independent as it is at the moment. And share. I mean, share is a great thing, especially during these times, because we are staying at home, is knowing outside and listening to a podcast, especially if it's shared by a friend of a family member that knows us really good. Well, there's nothing best because we might have appreciate things coming from the outside. So share it. And then now let's jump into the episode. I'm talking with Yelle and I'm talking about logistics, specifically delivery, specifically delivery made by bike. Today, sustainable conversation, and I love that we are going to pick up a conversation that is not super usual about the sustainability topic. Seems like it's something a bit put on the side. Bicycle is involved. But the coolest thing is that actually, once I've wrote the shout out on LinkedIn, the com- about sustainable conversation and different topics. The shout out was picked up by my guest of today. And then we started a lot of conversation, then a bit of up and downs. And then I dropped one appointment because I'm freaking unreliable. And then today, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, fortunately, we have the possibility to talk. Talking with, I'm going to butcher your name and surname now. <laughs> Yele Veresman. Almost, yeah. Tell me yeah, more. But I'll take it. Yele Fersema, nice Fersema. to meet you. Great, actually, that we are talking today. I mean, you have a huge kind of, uh, a lot of point of views. You are pretty well prepared on the topics that we're going to talk today. And I'm super happy because, I mean, you picked up this conversation. You gave me a lot of angles on things that I never thought about. So, yeah, 
happy to have you here, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Really good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Give us an intro about you. Otherwise, it seems like I'm talking about you and I don't know whom you are. So it's better for you to tell us who you are. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, my name is Jelle. I'm from the Netherlands. I live in The Hague with my family, two small kids and my girlfriend. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much your uh, basic weekend warrior. I love cycling uh, uh, on a road bike, but also from A to B commuting. Yeah, everything is done by bike. Um, that's pretty easy for me because I'm Dutch. Um, uh, I mentioned before that yeah, the cycling is such a big part of everyday life here. Um, but yeah, it also transcends into what I do for a living. So um, I've been working for the Dutch Cycling Embassy. Uh, after that, I left uh, those guys and joined Beat Cycling, a continental cycling team uh, from Rotterdam. Um, and now I found a new great spot at Cyclone, uh, Bicycle Couriers. Um, and that's pretty much uh, where uh, we kind of met up uh, business-wise on LinkedIn. Um, your your uh, shout out, it triggered me to uh, pull the conversation into consumerism and the huge growth that uh, e-commerce has, uh, has been going through the last couple of years. Um, because this is what I do on a daily basis, uh, pretty much, um, to see how we can this get this more sustainable in a part of that uh, uh, customer journey that is delivery. Yeah. No, I mean, that's super great. Let me touch base one second on your cycling life and stuff, then we're going to kick sure. off the conversation. I want to ask you actually three things. First is a comment, it's not a question. I love your jumper. I mean, it's super nice. So that's the first comment. Yes. <laughs> what is written up there? So there is a bike and what's... Oh yeah, that's, uh, it's, uh, let me get it into, in the picture. It's yeah. Para. It's okay. uh, by Para. Piet Para is a pretty famous uh, Dutch designer, actually. And they make, uh, he's, a, he's a cyclist himself. So uh, yeah, he, makes, he makes pretty cool uh, uh, clothing. Uh, works together with major brands. And sometimes he, uh, he reflects his own uh, love for cycling within his designs. Yeah, that's great. So actually shout out to Para then, even if people cannot see it, probably they're going to Google it. And then that's already Absolutely. super nice. Another question that I want to ask you, and so we can keep on this conversation. So you said that actually cycling, usually for you Dutch people, is kind of walking. So it's yeah. in your life since the beginning. But yeah. if you can probably tell us a bit more because that's for sure a super great thing but how cycling became such a big part of your life you said that actually you commute with it you also make sports with it but you were also working for um, a pro-continental team but how was this encounter yeah well um gee it's a, actually a pretty pretty big question to ask uh yeah as you said it's, it's it's such a huge part of our lives here in the netherlands and it's like walking it's a second nature we don't know any better you know um, um there are cycling paths you especially like in urban areas um the dutch cities are small so you can get from a to b on a bike within 15 minutes or so even in in, in bigger cities like amsterdam okay maybe amsterdam is a bit bit different then maybe it take you 20 25 minutes uh, but I live in The Hague and I live in like the most western part of The Hague and to get to the sta train station it takes me 15 minutes and yeah we have a good public transportation here um, so yeah raising two small children it kind of made sense to me seeing what happens I own a car uh, I'm, I'm 
let's not be hypocritical. It's I own a car and I also do stuff by car, which probably could have been done by bike, you know. But um, if I really uh, be critical about it and, and see what happens in cities, um, there, there's, there's so much stuff being done by car, which could have been done by bike. If it's if we're talking about bringing your kids to school, if we talk about delivering stuff, uh, a little uh, uh, hints towards what I do for a living, but um, also like on the road, being commuting from, from The Hague to Rotterdam, uh, traffic jams are like also a part of life apparently, and we accept that for some reason, being in one car in a big line, uh, going from one city to another. I, I'm, I'm, I did that a few times in previous jobs, but I absolutely hate it being in, in stuck in, in traffic while you, at the same time you know that you could have been biking towards a station, took the train, 20 minutes, uh, get off. Uh, we have a brilliant system called here. It's called the public transport bike, the OV bike. Uh, you can you can take it at any big station in the Netherlands. Um, it's so logical to be commuting and traveling in that fashion. Um um, time-wise, but also uh, sustainability. Uh, the sustainability factor is like so obvious. It's so obvious that you don't need to be in a car. Uh, and yeah, that has that that sentiment has grown within myself. Um, and I'm raising my kids that way now. Uh, even my 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 six-year-old self tells me now that uh, the cars are stupid and you need to ride a bike. You know, it's yeah. I'm kind of brainwashing them to be honest. But yeah, it's. It makes so much sense to me to be cycling like if you're on a normal bike or an e-bike. Yeah, you can. Have, that's a whole different discussion, of course. But just pedal your own way through a city, uh, get to know the city, experience it more. If you're in the car, you're in your own bubble. You know, it, it's it doesn't help. And um, yeah, I'm really convinced that for urban areas, absolutely, this is this is the way to go. Yeah, pretty much. That's super awesome. And uh, um, I mean, I need to ask you that. So what bicycle are you riding? How many bicycles do you have? And what bicycle are you riding? Uh, I have three bikes, um, like a normal town bike with kid seats on it. Uh, I have a cargo bike, which I don't use that much anymore because it was perfect when the kids were, were, were a bit smaller, but now they're getting too heavy. Uh, and I have my own road bike, which I pretty much use for anything that's more like sports related yeah that's awesome and another thing that actually you were telling me before and probably this goes together with uh, your first kind of employment of your first task into the cycling world is the thing that i want to ask you is i mean you were we were talking about the dutch cycling embassy and actually yeah. how this kind of work this kind of job and this kind of assignment change a bit your life and you're telling me a story that but what's the dutch cycling embassy First of all, if I mentioned it correctly, but yeah. what has actually what's the task of these? I would say company association and everything, but of this tool that we have. Yeah, it's more uh, Dutch Cycling MC is actually like this platform that mm -hmm. um, uh, entails expertise on every level uh, of cycling. So it's if it's infrastructure, uh, bike sharing systems, so all these di different kind of. Companies, Dutch companies join the Dutch Cycling Embassy, uh, and this is a huge network. Um, and when there's foreign governments or foreign cities that are planning, uh, I don't know, a roundabout, uh, let's, just for example, 
um, they come to the Netherlands because we know how to do this. Um, and then the Dutch Cycling Embassy is there to get you in touch with uh, city planners and people who are experts in different colors for asphalt and all that stuff. Um, so, and they also they, they go on trade missions with, uh, with the, the Dutch government towards, uh, I thought they were in California last, uh, last time, um, to promote our way of handling city logistics, city traffic, sustainable traffic uh, done by bike and explain uh, how, how big of an opportunity it is and how easily uh, huge progress can, can be made when you embrace the bike as your means of transportation. Um, and that's what they're there for. Uh, and they call it the Dutch Cycling Embassy because, yeah, this is what we do. We, uh, we Dutch, we love to cycle. Yeah. No, that's very great. That's very great. And uh, yeah, I said an episode that you were telling me were you talking with your colleague and saying actually uh, kind of putting in comparison the meters that you are riding to, that you are sharing, of the meters of road that you are sharing with a car yeah. in yeah. the Netherlands for going to one city to the other in comparison with other countries. And that's, I mean, that's why actually we need a Dutch cycling embassy. It's the way to share this kind of, I would say, infrastructure, but also attitude to the yeah. world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of, um, of course, I... I, I, I follow this topic and I see a lot of like international uh, uh, people who are posting about their current situation. And the main thing that strikes me is that uh, cyclists are, have, have to share the road with cars um, and that they don't feel safe. And, and then the number one uh, argument is, yeah, you should wear a helmet. Um, well, uh, you've been in the Netherlands recently. Uh, I don't think that you saw many people commuting with helmets on their heads. I because... didn't have an helmet as well, and that's super yeah. weird for me. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if if I spot someone with the helmet, I probably say, okay, that's an expert, probably, because yeah, um, we are used to the fact that uh, cyclists are protected. If if you if if there's a collision uh, with a car and and a cyclist, then uh, the guilt is. Uh, primarily with the car because the law states here that the cyclist is more vulnerable and that the car should take notice of those cyclists um but yeah the, the unprotected bike lanes is a, is a thing and that's what i told you that uh that my colleague at the tight cycling embassy asked me what i did last weekend and i said well i was cycling 150 kilometers on my road bike and then uh, he asked me how much of that trip did you share the, the, the road with with uh, with the car and I thought well, that was a really strange question because, yeah, we live in the Netherlands. We have cycling paths. So, yeah, maybe 3%, 5%, nothing, nothing more than that. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. I mean, actually, the culture that you have there in the Netherlands uh, about cycling is just astonishing. It's just great. And, I mean, and that's actually also what you have at the moment and what's your role, actually, at the moment with Cyclone. And that's what we are going to talk about today. So basically, it's not only about giving everybody the opportunity of riding, commuting in the city, commuting between cities or riding the bike, feeling well protected. And most of the time, having the possibility to prefer to have a bike because it's faster and it's safer and actually it's more interesting than a car. But also trying to really bridge the gap of the last meter, but even before, of the deliveries and... Uh, Yes, deliveries and logistics about yeah. everything related to yes, deliveries and e-commerce and uh, everything related to really to online buying uh, 
behavior uh, that we have. So tell me more about that and also tell me how actually this topic became such a huge topic for you that you wanted actually to join the company that you're working with and yeah. what's your take on that? Yeah, so um, 2019 and then COVID happened. So uh, everybody uh, everybody was at home here in the Netherlands. And, and like, uh, sorry uh, if I interrupt you one second, Jelle, about actually yeah, COVID. I have my COVID <laughs> jar here. That's the swear jar. <laughs> the COVID cool. jar. So one Swiss franc is here and he's going to go to Buy Kigis. That is actually the charity that I'm uh, supporting this year. And they are... Awesome. actually teaching women refugee in berlin to learn how to ride a bike so thanks for mentioning it it was a bit of time that nobody was mentioning COVID. <laughs> thanks, i'm gonna give so some more money unfortunately. more times absolutely yeah. please do it <laughs> okay cool well then that happened covid and yeah. um so everybody was at home you know lockdown work from home all that jazz um and you saw like this this thing happened where uh first of all everybody started to improve their house because you're at home all the time. So I have this amazing home office, which I tuned in every uh, every way possible. So perfect for me to work from home. Uh, I actually kind of like it. I do now do this hybrid thing once a week in the office and then back home and having trips towards co potential clients. Uh, but the second thing was that everybody, as far as that wasn't already happening, embraced online shopping, right? Uh, the the e-commerce e branch went through the roof. Uh, it's 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 crazy how much how much people are spending online and and as a result having get, get they get delivered back home. Um, and when it all started in 2019, I was still working at this uh, um, uh, continental road team, beat cycling. Um, but then this already struck me, uh, being at home, seeing we have like a, maybe a handful of uh, parcel carriers here in the Netherlands. There's PostNL and DPD and DHL and UPS and, well, a couple of more. Um, but how often they drove through my street at home. Um, it was crazy. And the kids so were also at home. multiple times a day. So you could see yeah, yeah, the same. Absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I have this like this uh, little shop, uh, which is like this delivery point for uh, a couple of these uh, delivery uh, uh, carriers. Um, and they told me um, that, yeah, they come here like four or five times per day to pick up stuff as well. You know, so it's this this movement of packages is exploding and it's it hasn't stopped. Uh, it continuously grows still. Um and yeah, I was at home and I was watching this like unconsciously, uh, but at the same time, it started growing in my mind. So what's, what's happening here? We're a cycling country. Um, we apparently we are buying a lot of shit online, um, which is again, an all other, other discussion about consumerism and do we all actually need all this stuff? But hey, let's, let's stick to the topic. Uh, we uh, talked about that another time. Uh, we will talk about yeah, that yeah, another yeah. time. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, it absolutely is. Um, but this combination of, okay, so all these diesel-fueled vans in my street. Okay, so all these vans in my street and my kids crossing the streets towards the playground. Uh, all these diesel-fueled vans in my street multiple times. What is happening here? Um, and that kind of synced in. Um, and I knew that there were a couple of companies who were trying to change this. And yeah, the biggest one 
uh, is Cyclone. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cyclone is yeah, basically here to change that. Um, and to give you the company pitch right now. so Do it. Uh, I mean, that's why we're talking here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brace yourself. So basically, Cyclone does whatever other parcel carrier does. Um, we deliver packages for online retail customers. But the main and primary uh, difference is we do it by bike. Um, especially in rural areas. So we, we, we actually cycle in 60, 65 cities in the Netherlands. Um, and we've set the target for 2025, 100 city, cities in the Netherlands. Um, and that is basically half of all the postal codes here in this country. Um, so we are claiming that we are saying that this uh, urban last mile thing, uh, this, is, this, this is a cycling thing. This is not, this is not there for, for vans or, or big, uh, big buses or, or even electrified uh, delivery vans uh, because that doesn't take away the safety issues uh, but the cities are here for cycling uh, and cycling alone and it's more efficient it's faster if there's a roadblock yeah uh, a delivery guy with a van uh, he has to uh, work his way around that we're way more flexible um, so that's what we do um, we also do that on a more social way than uh, uh, the bigger parcel carriers because yeah, there's a lot of discussion going on about how these delivery guys get treated as well, um, getting paid per package um, and all that jazz. It's uh, it's different with us. We pay our couriers per hour, and they have a, they build up pension and and they're uh, well insured when they're on the road. So there's no need for them to uh, be hasty and rush through the streets because they get paid per the hour, per hour and. Um, uh, this stress factor that's with the within the other uh, parcel carriers also uh, contributes to like the safety issues because they're they're speeding and they're uh, getting in collisions and they double park their vans and block everything. It's yeah. So all that combined uh, is enough reason for Cyclone to say uh, let's do this a different way. Let's make it more durable, uh, sustainable. Let's make it more social. Uh, let's do this together with all these. Uh, retail online retailers who are here because there's so many um, and yeah that's pretty going pretty good to be honest um, uh, I joined in December um, you're pretty fresh though less than one year yeah absolutely yeah yeah less than one year exactly um, but yeah I've yeah I'm this is this is the place for me to be uh, in uh, with all the, the context I just told you about how I what my what my view is on like city logistics and city transportation and cycling this is um, this is the perfect place for me because yeah you need to do what you like right um, and uh, and this is this is like the professional uh, translation of everything that I think is should be uh, altered in in the city uh, yeah Cyclone is there to make that happen yeah that's super great let's um pack a bit a lot of topics that are around this uh, this big topic this broad topic because let's start from the beginning so you said that actually cyclone is there for the last mile delivery right so, so all the deliveries that can be done in uh, i mean metropolitan areas or anyway city areas and everything related to that can be done 
by bike. But how does it work then? Uh, I mean, for example, let's say that you have a local um, e-commerce that is actually, for example, shipping things from one city to the other. You have something like yeah. a central kind of headquarter or Absolutely. warehouse. Yeah. And then yeah. all the deliveries from there start with a bike, right? Yeah. So basically what we do is uh, when there's a new client, then we uh, the, the operation goes as follows. We, uh, we set a, a time per day that we pick up all the deliveries and then it goes to our city hub. So the local city hub, then everything gets sorted. Uh, everything that should be in the same area stays there. The rest goes to our central sorting, uh, sorting center in, uh, in Utrecht. Um, there we have this night process where everything gets scanned and gets redistributed towards like this different city hubs that we have in the Netherlands. Uh, it gets driven there the next morning, um, so it can get uh, go onto the cargo bike that evening. So uh, day one, pick up, uh, sorting at night, uh, redistributing that morning and delivery uh, the day after. That's super great. Um, yeah, and that's basically the whole chain, um, uh, as we do in the, in the the larger part of the Netherlands. So uh, 60, 65 cities and uh, aiming for 100, yeah. That's great. And so basically this means that every or one of these 66 cities, you have a city hub. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we have our own city hubs and we work together with uh, local bike couriers as well. That's what so, I wanted to ask you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so... Like Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam, there we have our own Cyclone City Hub. But cities like uh, Leiden, Utrecht, Eindhoven, um, there was already like this uh, company there who did that actual same thing. So, yeah, that was the choice that we had to make. So are we going to open our own hub there or are we saying to those guys, join us uh, and become part of our network? Um because they're already there. They know the city. They know where to go. They know uh, they know the routes. So uh, that last thing was yeah uh, the obvious the obvious choice to make, uh, which allows us to uh, if there's like new cities opening, like people who are opening there on their own initiative, um, then there's a huge opportunity to join the Cyclone network and become part of this huge platform that we already have. So you can offer your local clients. Uh, uh, nationwide delivery and for us being able to also uh, include these postal codes within our uh, area that we can reach by bike yeah no that's super great also because that's the question i mean i wanted to ask you exactly that because the point is how much your kind i mean how much your effort there and your mission there to deliver the last mile on a bike actually yeah. uh, something like uh, refurbished, not refurbished is not probably the right word, but revamped already the bike career agency that we're around. Because I mean, yeah. uh, in all my, I mean, now for sure in the last year it changed, especially in my life in Berlin. I remember that actually I saw all the time a lot of courier also working with um, uh, cargo bikes and everything. And for sure with food delivery, everything changed again. And also here in Zurich, a lot of the courier also using cargo bike also for bigger things. But if I have to think about the classic thing that I have in mind the classic bike courier it would be the one with a small bag and just carrying envelopes yeah. or important things but now everything like that is changing and probably the small 
by couriers company are not strong by themselves in order to pick up the biggest clients for the biggest deliveries. So yeah. how much actually this influence your job and your mission influence these little by courier agency and companies? Yeah, well, we specialized in uh, in packages. So um, as you mentioned, uh, like the existing bike courier, like the, the, the traditional uh, bike couriers then like with a big pack, backpack. And I don't know, in Berlin, did you do a couriering yourself? Uh, no, 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 no. That's something that I was missing. I would say fortunately, because I would be, I would kill myself a lot of times. <laughs> but I was trying actually all the time that I needed, because all the time that I needed, for example, um, packages and stuff from my friends in different bicycle stores or other things. Yeah. I know, for example, once I remember that because of the podcast, I received a huge package of uh, cycling kits by Isadore. And yeah. uh, actually, it, they arrived at the bicycle store of a friend of mine, Tortuga, and then I needed to bring them home to me. Yeah. And I could not go there, whatever. I was in work in office hours and whatever. All the time that I had to do this kind of thing, I was trying to enable actually the bicycle couriers with cargo bikes to yeah. bring them with me. So that's what, the, I mean, that's how I was involved into the ecosystem of the bicycle courier there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also, that's like this this uh, standard that I, that we at Cyclone uh, sometimes have to do with that uh, if you mention that you work for a bicycle courier company, then they say, oh, that's that the cool kid, you know, with the tattoos and the piercings and the, the big backpack and then on his fixie bike, I don't know. Of course. Um, but that's not what we, we do. We do actual city logistics with this huge cargo bike, with, which can hold up to, uh, the, the, the bike itself can hold up to 400 liters of cargo. Um, and uh, so we do packages. And, and that's um, traditionally not, not necessarily where these uh, existing local bikers are specialized in. So they do like this uh, A to B, uh, more flash delivery kind of uh, work. Mm. Um, I don't know, uh, important documents. So I live in The Hague. There's a, there's a lot of legal stuff going on there. So these kinds of things that need to be signed uh, within an hour from the one part of the city to another. Um, but we have this, actually, our logistic process is way more traditional in the sense that we have our fixed routes um, and we just deliver the packages within these existing routes. And if something gets added, then we, we, we create bigger routes or... Uh, at more efficient routes. Um, and I think that's the main difference between uh, like the existing bike couriers that were maybe a little bit smaller in the cities. And also, of course, giving them the opportunity to jump on board this nationwide platform and giving them the opportunity to look beyond their own city limits and say to potential existing or potential new clients, okay, we now uh, are connected to this platform, which allows you to ship stuff to the other side of the country uh, instead of keeping it, it, it local. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's uh, it's really super interesting. Something like this switch. Bicycle couriers yeah. not only like bike messenger, that's what they yeah, want, exactly. basically, with yeah. little letters yeah. and stuff, but really like yeah. city logistics partner. Yeah, this is the switch exactly. that you are helping actually developing that. So yeah, there's uh, there's a uh, there's still uh, this big image that we're we're fighting continuously. So this I, I just told about the, like the bike messenger versus what we are doing actually, uh, and we also have like this uh, these flash delivery companies like uh, 
uh, gorillas and uh, 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 yeah, these like supermarkets, online supermarkets, basically. Mm. Um, and well, they make it hard for us in in another way because uh, um, yeah, we we have our fixed routes and we have guys and girls on the bikes who really know what they're doing. And yeah, in general, I don't mean to offend anyone, but in general, the couriers from these kind of companies, uh, they're on e-bikes and they, uh, they, they, yeah, their uh, behavior in traffic is a bit different. Let, let me put it di- diplomatically. Yeah. Yeah. Part of that is that we don't necessarily answer to the, um, yeah, more or less need of the, the instant delivery part. And uh, that's not what we do. Um, so we're, we're experts at pick up your order one day and deliver it the next day. Um, but yeah, the amount of stress and, and strain put on an organization to ask them to be, uh, delivering on the same day, it's really big. And, and I think a lot of consumers, but also the market doesn't necessarily always recognize this as, as a thing that is hard for companies to do without uh, pushing the organizations to its limits. Um, yeah. yeah. No, that's uh, that's super interesting. And actually, the stress that you're putting also on the delivery people, because as yeah. you're saying, on the other side, uh, with the flash deliveries, you have people that are really under stress if they are on the car, but also if they are on the bike. They're really under yeah. stress because, for example, let's talk about one of these big companies, can be Gorilla here in Switzerland. We have Stash. And you have actually the delivery in 20 minutes, half an hour, stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. actually, you can complain and then you can get the money back. And this is everything on top of the yeah. people, of the courier, the delivery people. And yeah. uh, I mean, people don't realize that probably this can be... I mean, if you're getting your stuff quicker, there is somebody suffering of it. And if it's not, maybe the courier or the delivery person suffering for that is maybe the environment i mean at what price that's the point yeah yeah let alone the fact that all these flash delivery companies uh, they don't make a single euro of profit uh, over the time that they've been here it's all it's all investment and there, there will be a time and you see it already happening here in the netherlands that companies are joining forces or leaving the country again um it's not a it's not a sustainable uh, financial sustainable model. Yeah. Not even environment, but financially sustainable um, uh, business model. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's move one time, one second away between uh, from the uh, deliveries of anyways groceries or food because that's for sure a different ball game. Yeah. But still, we were talking about e-commerce, right? And actually, we we're talking yeah. about the classic things that is put in our head on our into our heads uh, from uh, the kind of I would call it Amazon Prime kind of status. So. I make the order this morning at 10 o'clock. I want my order at home by tonight. For sure, uh, let me uh, tell me if I'm wrong on that, but for sure with Cyclone, that's a process that doesn't happen. At least you have to wait until the day after. First yeah. question first, how the companies you are working with, your partners, I mean, you told me already that you are really partnering up with a lot of super nice e-commerce, the biggest in the country anyways, are really picking up this topic from you and putting it yeah. in place. But how yeah. is it this topic, I mean, and also this new kind of, because it's a new way, coming back to at least one day delivery, this kind of yeah. approach is taken by them. Are they embracing it or they're trying to push, okay, let's start with this partnership, but let's move fast on having also same day delivery? Yeah, well, the main thing is um, if if I have this conversation with a potential new client or existing client, then 
the, the question that they should ask is, or that I should ask is, uh, why do you want this? Uh, why does your uh, why does your customer want this? If it's clothing or anything, then well, there's basically no need to to offer this. And um, luckily, this this gets picked up by a lot of retailers. So I had this conversation once with uh, with this great new uh, uh, organization I'm working with. Um, they used to communicate. Um, it's not even same day, but they used to communicate that uh, order before ten in the evening. Uh, you get it delivered tomorrow, and then they came back on that because they said, "Well, it's well, let's give ourselves some slack here. Let's cut ourselves some slack here." So they said, uh, "Order before three uh, in the afternoon, and then you get it delivered uh, delivered uh, tomorrow." And then they again reconsidered the statement, and now they say. Um, if you order today, and then we'll pick it up today, we'll start handling it today. Say, giving them, giving the customer no initial info on when it will be ordered because they want to re-educate their customers uh, and explaining that when you place an order, you set things in motion. Uh, there's stuff that needs to be done because you want this. And if you order like your I don't know, USB cable on Amazon and you order it at 10 o'clock in the morning and you want to deliver it before the evening. Um, the main question you should ask yourself is why? why? Why do you want this so fast? Is it like so important and so necessary and that you really need this tonight? Um, and we, we kind of translate this to the fact that we... This whole process of ordering today, getting it delivered tomorrow, that's fair. Uh, you can also go to the shop, to your local shop and buy it and have it instantly. So, uh, but like in the context of this operation that we've set up here, is the also the, the kind of, um, well, if, you, if, if I say lesson, that's a bit harsh, but uh, the message that, um, not everything needs to be on demand. And that's also a reason why I, I, I personally, I really hate these flash delivery grocery guys, you know, if you, and, and in, in practice, it, these flash delivery grocery guys are only being used by students who want their crate of beer late at night, you know, for actual gro grocery shopping. Um, there's no harm done in going to the supermarket, uh, that's around the corner or anything. Um, but the same goes for like normal commodities, like a shirt or I don't know, in, in the cycling uh, context, a bib short or something. I can't think of a situation where the need is so high that you need to have this product within 24 hours or even the same day. Uh, and that's kind of also, uh, it's, it, that, that's like my personal perspective. Uh, is uh, you set things in motion. There are people uh, doing stuff for you on the mo at the time that you 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 place this order with an expectation that you have it delivered the same day. But also, if I approach it more personally, I have two kids growing up, um, six and nine years old. What message do I deliver to them uh, if I tell them, okay, with the push of a button or, or with a click with your phone, you can have anything you want instantly what what message does that does that does that uh transcend to them that's basically that then they, they don't have to get off the couch to do anything 
uh, they don't have to plan anything. Uh, they don't have to invest in anything. It's everything is on demand. Uh, and again, let's not be hypocritical. I have uh, no normal television. I have Netflix and the Disney Plus for the kids and everything because let's be honest, it's fun. I love Star Wars. Um, so that's also on demand. But yeah, there's there's a line. Um, uh, and that goes for grocery shopping, but it also goes for stuff that you apparently need uh, in terms of like the USB cable or the bib short or whatever. Um, there's no harm done with placing that order and waiting for it a day, maybe two days. Who cares? Is it really that important that you need to have it today with all the implications that that process gives like the whole logistics chain? Um, and that's, yeah, pretty much what we, we, we try to tell our audience and Cyclone is B2B. So we try to tell uh, like new prospects or existing clients that we, that this should be the way to go. 24 hours is quick enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I really can't think of a way uh, of think of a situation where I personally needed something uh, within the hour, which I couldn't get done by uh, getting on my bike and go to the local shop to fix it myself. No, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, the thing that you are saying, it's absolutely right. You are saying invest in something. So you were saying, what shall I teach to my kids? Yeah. Because they need actually to put some effort on doing things and investing in something. And investing is not only about money, even if it's already about money, of course. Absolutely. It's also Absolutely. invest about effort. I mean, if I need something Absolutely. now, I need to put myself into my shoes and go out and support people that do the, I mean, sustainability in sustainability topic and um, sustainability topic or... Also, I mean, also the topic of supporting your local business, right? Because these people yeah. that are there and can provide you with a thing instantaneously, these are people that invested in having a warehouse, uh, planning in advance what things people would need directly there, and even just on having talks and uh, having support to you that you need to buy something because from time to time you made your research online you think you need something but then you go to your local shop instead of buying it directly you go to your local shop and you understand okay you don't need this usb cable but you need this different usb cable because it's going to be faster for example otherwise what's the risk that i want this thing because i have the impulse of buying things and i want it today then it arrives home it's not the right one, and for sure, maybe, if the best thing is that I don't recognize that actually that I need it, that one, and I want to have another one, and I need to send it back, and then we are doubling up the costs for logistics exactly. for that. But the worst yeah. thing that can happen is that I get it at home, I didn't really need it for the same day, I didn't use it, I cannot return it anymore, and then you have a piece of plastic at home that you will never use, and you need to buy another one. It's still doubling the price, but also doubling the price of... Uh, use of it i mean yeah. that's what you i believe that actually that that's what the, that's the thing that we need to do something like try to understand that if you want something quick you need to put some effort yourself and not putting all the risks on top of people because it's not even the companies their biggest risk is on the people that are delivering stuff to you that probably they're going to be useless for you yeah yeah they get paid the less and uh yeah exactly yeah but yeah, that's a but it's it's a it's a process that we have to grow into. I think as consumer, because let's be honest, I'm I'm 
well, I'm I'm on online shopper as well, you know. And I also, if if I get a message from uh, the, the the specific shop I'm on that the, if I order be- before ten, I get it tomorrow. Then something somehow with all the motivation and all the stuff I just told, sometimes sometimes it triggers something in my head saying, "Oh, that's convenient. Let's go for it." Because yeah, I'm a consumer as well, and all these things, all these things, it got introduced like I don't know couple of years ago maybe 10 years ago i don't know exactly to have this like this speedy process and now we are having a really hard time getting rid of it um putting the efforts in to explain that this has implications and etc and yeah that speed is not necessarily a good thing yeah yeah no it's uh, it's absolutely it's absolutely i think i mean you really need to think about that because i mean these triggers are made to be pushed or yeah. today, you're going to get it tomorrow. Yeah, It's exactly something that, I mean, it's super cool because that's the thing. You are like a baby when you're ordering stuff, just a t-shirt. I mean, course, yeah. you're getting the new kit that I want to use. I don't know. I want to go out with the bike tomorrow. And you know that if I order it now, I can get it tomorrow. I'm, you know, a sparkling. Yeah. But also on the other side, I mean, probably you have three more kits that you have it there, right? And you're going to go on the bike, hopefully not only tomorrow, but also the day after. So why don't just wait a yeah. tiny bit and see how uh, how things can uh, can work yeah. i mean can work a bit better there so yeah but absolutely i mean it's tricky <laughs> yeah and in my line of work that's somehow that's uh, sometimes that's a kind of a difficult conversation to have because uh there are retailers who are totally convinced of the fact that this helps because they can uh they can back that claim uh, because of their data they say, well, if I put this little notification here, uh, order before 10 and then it gets delivered tomorrow, then I sell more stuff. So, yeah, that's what we're kind of fighting against. And I want to don't want to step on a high horse and saying, well, you shouldn't do that. It's bad. And I, I don't know, because let's be honest, we are in the cargo delivery service. So if they sell more stuff, then that's good for us, too, Absolutely. because then we deliver more packages and et cetera. Um, but at the same time, I think that we have like this moral obligation to, well, at least make them aware of this and have them think about, okay, you sell more stuff. Okay, that's good because then you make more money. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, realize what the, you should realize what the implications are for uh, like a more social and sustainability kind of uh, point of view where uh, all these people get pushed into stressful situations. Uh, the car has to drive because, I don't know, it has to be f- uh, in uh, from the one part of the Netherlands, uh, the Hague to Groningen, the other side in the north, uh, within 24 hours. And you don't do that by bike, of course. Um, yeah, only because, yeah, uh, the, the customer is more likely to push on the buy now button because of that, yeah. Yeah, but also, I mean, that's a topic that I want to touch base with you. And it's about the education on us as a consumer. I mean, maybe with this kind of process, we can actually, instead of pushing people of getting more likely to buy a new product because of the flash delivery approach, but actually we can probably all think step back and all think, okay, a good point is, of course, receiving the thing tomorrow, but also a good point if not better is the sustainable point of view and how people are treated in the delivery process right so and how much we can leverage that in order to make i mean would you choose then in the future a 
um, an e-commerce that delivers you the product today if you order it at one o'clock at the in the afternoon after lunch or you're gonna more likely push the button for somebody who is telling you in order to uh, I don't know be a bit more sustainable or to save a bit the impact on the environment we prefer to send you this thing today but you're gonna receive it tomorrow because it's still gonna be tomorrow it's not gonna be in three weeks so that's the point probably this is the education thing and as soon as the companies so your clients basically are picking this up and they're changing a bit the narrative of it probably the sooner also we are gonna get into the situation where it's a bit more i would say that probably the sustainable topic is a bit more palatable than the quick delivery topic. Yeah, exactly. And we, I can already see this happening because this is this is an actual conversation that we are having also with the with our organization that we work with. And um, of course, I follow a lot of e-commerce trends in this as well. And you see that this is getting more traction, and more people are having this conversation. So that's a good start. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not all bad. Absolutely, absolutely. It's not <laughs> all bad. It's not all bad. And actually, yeah. I have to say completely that I'm not, I'm not here sitting on the side of the road or in the side of the on the bank on the river, laughing when somebody fails. I mean, I'm not happy when uh, companies that are pushing the flash delivery in 30 minutes cannot back anymore because they cannot make revenues and then they have to close and to lay, they have to lay off. It happened to a lot of friends actually of mine working at Gorillas, for example. They have to lay off a lot of people because they are probably picking up something that is not sustainable economical-wise and not only um, environmental-wise. I'm not happy for that. But probably by working on something, I mean, only just by talking, by having this conversation that we are having here, if just educating people of taking a different step and then making everything a bit more sustainable and also uh, yeah. business a bit more sustainable, that's the thing. I mean, if I can see actually a shift between getting it now because you know that you need it and you can buy more things if you're getting something now and something tomorrow and blah, blah, blah. And on the other side, triggering a bit more something like a deeper feeling on the sustainable thing, but also, as I was saying, the economical sustainability and everything. If we are shifting a bit the trajectory, then probably all of us would get a bit better, not only in our life and in our um, feelings with the environment, but also actually physically and financially better. And that's not bad because this money that are coming from the banks, we are going to actually be taking them back. I don't want to really make a macro conversation, but these investors that are banking in these companies that then they are going to fail, these are making, I mean, they're making the money back through interests or mortgages or whatever it is yeah. so yeah. you know what i mean by being more sustainable all of us is going to get better yeah 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 absolutely and and yeah it's, this the, we're on the road towards where we need to be i think um and that's a good thing and and we we can we can see that at cyclone as well because we're growing as a company huge and uh, we everybody needs uh needs uh, more staff and personnel but uh, we as well and um, that is, of course, also because we're growing so rapidly. Um, rec we've recently opened two new cities, and uh, we're so this target of 100 cities by 2025 is, uh, is not uh, over ambitious at all. Uh, we will definitely achieve this, and that's really cool. No, that's super nice. I mean, let's talk about let's talk about a bit e-commerce. Talk, we're talking about partners and everything. So for sure, you're talking about big e-commerce uh, in the Netherlands that are embracing your coast there and actually being partners of yours. But I mean, in this spectrum of the industry, 
of the e-commerce industry. Where's the place of cycling? Because here we are talking about we are cool, we are cyclists, we love the environment or whatever. But I mean, I think that also a lot of people, if they want their cassette for their trainer, they yeah. would be pretty happy of getting it the day after. But that's actually, I mean, also embracing this last mile delivery with the bike would actually affect as well us as a cyclist because we need also to step back as a consume, I mean, as a customer from the delivery the day after. How this is felt, actually, how this is uh, this approach is actually also uh, absorbed by the e-commerce cycling industry. Yeah. And to be honest, when I started at Cyclone in December, coming from two and a half years being the partnership manager of a continental cycling team, uh, I thought, here we go, man. I'm going to wrap up this entire cycling industry. They're all going to join me. And it it's, makes sense, right? Have your cycling product being delivered by a, a, a cycling uh, courier. And... Um, uh, set aside the whole sustainability uh, part of it, just having this your customer journey complemented with uh, uh, a bike courier delivering the package. Um, but I've learned that it's not really that logical for the bike industry, to be honest. Um, it's still a lot about cash and speed and efficiency and yeah, all that stuff. So this this um, this, this market is uh, built on, like, for e-commerce e retailers and uh, parcel carriers, they have these contracts, right? And the contracts are based on volume. So you pay less if you ship more. So uh, it would make sense because we, we can't deliver in uh, by bike in all the cities in the Netherlands. Not yet. We're working on it. Um, so that would mean that they do multi-carrier multi -carrier solutions, which means that they can choose whatever carrier they want in the areas where we don't cycle versus where we do. And that, that will be picked up by us. Um, but that will have implications on the uh, agreement that they have with their existing carrier uh, because that volume over there would go down, um, which means that we will, they will be paying more. Um, and yeah, that's it's still... In my, in my view, in my opinion, in what I've seen so far is that it's still very much based on um, uh, rates, uh, whatever it costs, um, yeah, the, 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 uh, the money that they have to spend on um, getting the stuff delivered. Um, yeah, and also a practical part because uh, some retailers also want to sell, want to ship actual bikes. Yeah, well, we have a huge cargo bike, but it doesn't fit another bike. So that's a that's a that's a thing as well. But yeah, that's more in a, more uh, more of a different different context uh, subject. Um, but yeah, they aren't jumping on the bandwagon as I kind of assumed that they would. Um, yeah, and I kind of got surprised by that to be honest. Um, and it's all big companies as well because you know. Um, yeah, it's the, the volume is huge. There are a couple of big cycling retailers here in the Netherlands. Um, and they do they do a lot. They they sell a lot and, and it's all based on uh, low prices and speedy delivery. Um, and as much as cycling has this appearance of being green and sustainable because you're cycling, right? Uh, there's still a lot of money being made by new stuff 
uh, upgrade your group set every year, uh, you know, and yeah, it's difficult. I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but yeah, uh, being all proud about the fact that you ship your stuff in a carton box instead of plastic. Okay, really nice and perfect. And that's an awesome, awesome decision to make. But okay, what else do you do? Exactly. You know? That's the base. Yeah. And then? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're still, the cycling industry is still very much, you know, there's every year there's a grand tour, Tour de France, Vuelta, whatever. And then all these new fancy gadgets get get introduced and then everybody wants it. Of course, I use, uh, I uh, my bike is from 2018, I think, 2017. So it has the Ultegra group set of that year. Yeah, of course I want the new 12-speed DI2 of course I want it, but do I really need it? No, I don't think so. Uh, and then we get back to the topic that we, we talked about earlier is, yeah, it's really based on buying stuff. And of course your cassette wears down and your chain wears down. And of course that's logical. And you need once and once every now and then you need a new chain, but do you really need a new chain after 500 kilometers? Yeah, That's like the standard that they say, because yeah, you buy a new chain, but my father-in-law bought an awesome new bike and then he asked me after 500 kilometers uh, oh shit i need a new chain right because it says on the package that you need to replace your chain every 500 kilometers and i tell them well there's a little nifty tool that you can put in between your chain and then you know enough and even if it's then then you're you're fine for the coming two years yeah how much yeah. is the cost of the chain tool and how much is the cost of a new cassette for sure they want exactly. or a new or a new chain for sure, they yeah. want you to get a new chain all the time instead of measuring how yeah. much is the wearing of your chain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 all this aside, the in my opinion, the, the, the cycling industry got got kind of jumped by surprise on uh, the whole COVID. Oh, put a little thing in the in the box again. Thank you. <laughs> so when COVID kicked off, uh, everybody started cycling because that was like a perfect way to exercise uh, uh, individually. Uh, and then the bike industry got kind of jumped by surprise and then all the warehouses were empty and they had no more stock and everything. And now we've been two and a half years in and then now they restock. But now, yeah, we have another crisis because people are uh, um, financially struggling. So, yeah, maybe buy that new bike next year instead of this year because I really can't afford it right now. Now the magazines and warehouses are filled with bike stuff that nobody buys again so yeah it's difficult yeah and the one that are suffering that's another topic that we're going to pick up probably another time but the ones that are suffering in this kind of situation are always the local buy shops that before yeah were not strong enough to get their supplies because yeah. i mean there was something like the eye price because of the eye demand and now yeah. they made the offer the order they ordered a lot of things and they cannot sell it because nobody's yeah. buying stuff. So, I mean, I actually have heard a lot of local bike shops that are that they closed in the time of COVID yeah. because of this reason, because they didn't have anything to buy, uh, sorry, to sell. Yeah. And now they are suffering because they are, so the one that survived, now they are suffering because they got things, but they cannot pay the thing that they got in their warehouse because nobody's asking for them. I mean, if the level of the demand would have been the same instead of, I mean, bigger players to get everything. And I am putting an eye price and really pushing the price size for that. Then probably everybody could have, could have been suffering a bit less because everybody's suffering now. Yeah. But, yeah. 
prices, you touch base on that. So, I mean, my question here would be pretty quick and easy. How much is the price? I mean, there is a price difference and what is cheaper between traditional truck delivery and last mile bike delivery, if we can talk about money? Sure, yeah. Um, well, we can honestly say that we can compete with the bigger uh, carriers. So, uh, and even so, if I have a conversation with a potential new client and he gives me his rate, then, well, nine out of 10, maybe eight out of 10, I'm able to match this. So it doesn't have to be any more expensive, really, really. And, and all you e-commerce people listening now, please, trust me, it doesn't, durable and sustainable delivery doesn't mean that it's more expensive. There's, if, the, if you see, if you come across a website and they, they charge you more for choosing uh, a delivery by bike, then it's the choice of the web shop. Really, it's, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's more expensive because it's not. Um, we are not here for the race to the bottom. So um, there is a line. I have experienced conversations with people who say, okay, and, and so uh, I now, I'm now with Postanel and uh, you offer me this. Uh, if you go, uh, I don't know, 50 cents below, then we have a deal. Well, let's first look at what you're actually going to do for us uh, coming coming year or so. Um, but we don't, that's not how we operate. We don't compete in the red race and making everything as cheap as possible. And uh, there is a bottom line, of course. Uh, but that bottom line is absolutely competitive with uh, what the other carriers do. Even the big ones, international ones, DHL, DPD, whatever. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't have, to have to be more expensive. That's great. So this really means that actually the only disadvantage that any of your partners could have is just that they cannot get the, I mean, with your solution, uh, a delivery on the same day. That's the only, let's say, bottleneck that you would have. But it's something that anyways, as we discussed about that for the old time, but for sure price is not a limit because you can really compete in terms of price for that. And it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. because if you are really spending less for your delivery, it means that actually the problem there is that probably they're paying less the people that are working for them. I mean, yeah, and also let's yeah, and and like the 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 context now is, uh, for example, the oil crisis, you know, and and gas is expensive, and which means that a lot of big carriers uh, put a big end of year surcharge on gasoline uh, towards their clients. Well, we don't have that because we cycle, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can. Yeah, throw and, us a beer and we're fine, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it makes sense because actually the only time that you're using a, a van or whatever gasoline is just for transporting from one warehouse yeah. to the hub or warehouse, but it's going to be full. I mean, a huge yeah. amount it's, of stuff. Yeah. And then all the little deliveries and then something like really the cherry peaks of deliveries are going yeah. to be on the bike. First and last mile, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. super, super awesome. Uh, the last thing that I want to ask you, I mean, two more things, and then I will let you be. This is an amazing, of course, amazing project, an amazing perspective, an amazing plan, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really something that I, I have closer to my heart, and I think it's really doable. But how do you think that this service that you're putting in place, that this solution that you're putting in place, can be really shared and scaled 
not only in the Netherlands. So the Netherlands is the biggest and the coolest country bicycle-wise. Probably we're talking about Netherlands as an old country and Copenhagen as a city, even if also Denmark is super cool on that. But do you think that this this can be replicated also Germany, let's say wherever, UK, Italy, where really everything there is based on cars in in the cities and outside the cities. Do you think it's replicable? Well, um, yes and no. Um, Let's be honest, Cyclone has already been here for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So we're not a startup. We're we're here for the long run. Um, And in these 20 years, we have been able to develop our own product, our own service, as it as we are now so there's a lot of time and effort went already went into this um but if you if you um look at it from a distance so the the model that we we incorporated is like city hubs within bigger cities and transport between those cities uh with a van obviously because yeah loads of volume etc and a central point where you uh redistribute everything I don't see why that this couldn't be copied in Germany, for instance. Of course, yes, the distances are bigger. So, okay, maybe more of these central sorting uh, locations. Uh, but every bigger city um, should basically work in the same way as Amsterdam, as Rotterdam. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, I know, I know that this is not an ambition that we have. So we're focusing primarily on the Netherlands we are maybe looking at Flanders, like mm-hmm. Antwerp and Ghent, of course. Um, but of course, we realize that this, as we do it here, is obviously a very Dutch thing to do. But if you focus on bigger cities, um, such as Berlin, such as uh, Hamburg, I don't know, just to mention a couple. <laughs> Paris, um, if you want to go to France. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Paris, yeah. sure. Uh, why not have these, this this same model would work. And of course, Paris is much bigger than Amsterdam. So maybe a couple of city hubs at the edges of the city and then move from there. Um, yeah, I don't see why this couldn't work. Like the main argument that's always been thrown up. Yeah, the, the Netherlands is flat. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, you have a thing that's called e-bike. Absolutely. Uh, fixes, that, fixes that problem. Um, yeah, uh, we have rain here, so yeah, that's also not no issue. Uh, we have a Dutch saying that says, "says there's there's no uh, there's no shitty weather, there's only bad clothing." Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. this 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 can be fixed as well. But this model, it it can be it can be uh, incorporated within every city, I think, and then uh, maybe upscale it because the Netherlands is a small country and the distances uh, between cities are short. Um, but yeah, make a few steps in between a couple of sorting centers and a couple of city hubs, and then you're already there. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I th- don't want to be harsh, but I think it's an excuse. I mean, because actually the really the last mile delivery, it's something that can be done quickly and easily by just maybe replicating or really multiplying a bit of steps or steps in between the logistics. I mean, that's for sure, for sure can be a headache logistic wise, but at the end, if you're actually fixing uh, these couple of things, then really people, I mean, it's the classic topic of how many cars do we want to have and why do we want cities and city centers full of cars and full of vans? 
Yeah. Why do we want that? If that is a logistic problem or if just a problem that we want to arrive and park the car really at the bottom or at the entrance door of your office, well, that's yeah. something that can be fixed in a lot of ways. Not all, not only culturally, but just logistically. Because you yeah, need but to that's here as well. Yeah, go don't ahead. don't be don't be mistaken that 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 lives that sentiment lives here as well. I yeah. commented on uh, on a guy who, who was in charge of uh, like this uh, office office building, and they, they built like this. They are on a location, I don't know, somewhere in between cities, and they built this like beautiful parking lot for all the cars. And his comment was, "Do you also have trouble with finding a parking space for your car?" Well, at our place, you'll you'll be fine. And I commented, okay, so how's the? Where do I park my bike? And where's the closest public transport uh, connection? Uh, so that sentiment, we have that here as well. The ease of stepping into your own car and not having to do with anybody, being in your own little bubble, as I started off with. So, yeah, Dutch people tend to think that way as well. Uh, we're not all cycling lefties. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I get what you're saying. So this is like uh, this situation I described is like more common in in like bigger international cities, I guess. Yeah. And you know what is the point there? I mean, I completely embracing your point. I think is give people the alternative. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're already giving the people the alternatives, I mean, I'm not saying just stay, don't have a car. I mean, you can live without a car. For sure you can. But do you want it? I mean, it's also cool to take your car and go somewhere from time to time. It's not a problem. But give me the alternative of not having it. Don't give me yeah. only the opportunity of getting a car for the... Not, don't give me the only solution that is delivery with a van. <laughs> That's the exactly. thing. Yeah. I mean, if you give me the alternative, I can actually decide myself and it's going to be actually a cultural thing for me to understand what I want and what I don't want and what I want to yeah. teach to my kids, of course. But if you just give me one solution, then, then there's a mistake. That's what I believe. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, and and it's it's all about convenience, of course. That's yeah. I sometimes tell my friends who I know who are driving everywhere with their car. Well, you could take the train and then get an OV bike, and you'll be there within the same amount of time, maybe even faster. And then yeah, that's the the the, the common reaction is yeah, well, that's a hassle, and I don't have the proper uh, public transportation car for that, and uh, then I have to check out where the trains uh, arrive, and I don't know. But yeah, I've made this common practice for me within the last five or six years, and I don't know any better. Um, and it is convenient, but yeah, it's not it's not only personal, but it's also it has to be stimulated by the government, by city government officials, by by companies themselves. Um, yeah, there's there's at the before uh, I think two or three years ago, there are a couple of companies who were uh, uh, toning down their parking lot facilities mm -hmm. because they say, well, we are, we are perfectly you can reach us perfectly by by public transportation or even by bike. So we don't need this many parking spaces here. So we're uh, redoing everything and uh, we'll make better use of the space that we already have here. And I can imagine a lot of topics actually that can be taken in this way. I mean, for sure, public transport for your transportation, your commuting is a thing. And now thinking again about the delivery and stuff, for sure, the best solution that we're, the best solution is the one that we are talking about. It can be even better for more, yeah. Uh, for example, more ecological vehicles, and we can talk about that forever. I have also my take on electric vehicles and stuff. But for example, this could be improved and everything, blah, blah, blah. But just for example, to 
turn a bit down the um, CO2 footprint and everything, for example, instead of getting all the things delivered at your front door, you can also think yeah. of delivering all the stuff in one hub and then you go there walking and pick it yeah. up. I mean, yeah. there are so many conversations that can be done and actually it's, it depends on where do we want to step. So, I mean, you have to go with an intention and an angle and a vision on things and then the solution can be multiple and giving people the different options, that's the way. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. And yeah, this it's, uh, yeah, I if, if I order something personally and I see that it's another carrier, that it's not us, uh, I always... Uh, try to look for the, the pickup location instead of having it delivered at home. Because I know that apart from the efficiency, I know that the, the delivery guy or girl will thank me because that's one less stop on his route. Uh, and he will get uh, the, the fee for the, the package that he delivers. Yeah. Can I say the last thing, actually, talking about delivery people or whatever? And this is actually my the thing that I do, then people can do whatever. The, to all delivery people that are giving you something from delivering your pizza to delivering your grocery to delivering your package, like the one that I just received, if I can give people one point of view and that the thing and one tip of what you have to do, and exactly tip is the right word, tip them. Because yeah. they are probably not earning enough for... Yeah. I mean, you described actually your process and your model, of course, in a fair model, but... Yeah. The thing that actually I have closer to myself for the overall, the delivery people buy couriers and everybody, they don't earn so much money and they're putting themselves in risk most of the time, especially in cities that are yeah. not super bicycle friendly. A little tip for us can be really nothing is the tip that I'm giving also to my COVID jar, but to them can be really important. So that's the thing that I do personally. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. And also, yeah, uh, apart from the actual tip, just be aware of the fact where the where the stress or the hasty driving uh, uh, comes from. Be aware of the fact that these guys are under so much stress because they want to make their minimum wage by delivering as much as packages as they can. So um, people really like to bash on uh, all the delivery guys and girls, um, but it's it has to do with stress and you need to recognize that. And of course, they have to be careful within the streets and be careful for my kids crossing the street for the playground. But um, understand where it's coming from um, and, and be aware of the fact that they don't really don't make that much and they're under a lot of stress. And yeah, be kind. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Last thing that I want to ask you, Yale. what's next? So your vision is pretty clear. You told us already that super soon you want to reach this big mark that is a three-digit, 100 cities in the Netherlands. But what's yeah. in the vision of Cyclone? Or what's in your personal vision? That's a good question. Well, another thing is um, part of the mission of Cyclone is to become not even climate neutral, but climate positive. Uh, that's on the same timeline uh, as the 100 uh, locations that we're at. Um yeah, and just have this company grow, man, uh, in, in ways of uh, more and more retailers connecting to us and, and seeing that this is the way to go, basically, getting on board of our mission. Um, and for me personally, geez, that's a, that's a hard one. Uh, I don't really plan that much ahead, to be honest. <laughs> I've, been, I've been here since December at Cyclone. So, uh, yeah, there's this thing called the seven-year itch, professionally work-wise, and... Uh, I had the, with my, with my previous job, it was already there after two and a half years. So 
Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, don't tell me about that. I mean, for me, it's a problem even arriving seven years in the same city. So I tell you everything. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I change city every four years, usually. uh, Maybe I can kick off a new career in uh, giving advice on, uh, like, I don't know, people people in Germany or France on how to set up this logistics uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, you did already. Yeah, I mean, you did already super great on having this conversation, and hopefully, some people are gonna pick this up. And people that are actually not from the Netherlands, actually, people that are from the Netherlands, and maybe they are in charge of a good position in an e-commerce company, they know where to talk to. Nice. And maybe if they want to deliver also something else or a new business in another country, probably they can talk to you, and actually, you can help them on that. But at least we trigger some good thoughts on that. Yeah. That, uh, that if, if we if we get people thinking about this stuff and and being aware of what they could do then uh, mission accomplished absolutely yalle thanks a lot for the chat and sorry for all this miss and mess during our interview no worries no worries thank you very much for having me <laughs> ciao buddy ciao you have listened to the sustainable conversations on the broom wagon this is the last episode of this mini series Next year, we're going to come with something else. But for now, thanks a lot for subscribing, sharing, commenting, whatever. It's really important. So it really means a lot. It's a great support that you can give me and it's going to take you one second of your time. Sharing, especially, it's something that is really appreciated. And if you like the podcast, five stars is the way to go. If you don't like it, put as many stars as you want, but let me know why. A feedback is always super good and super appreciated. Calamaro CC and Broomwagon Podcast on the Instagram. That's the way to go. Thanks a lot for dropping some coins at the coffee link down below. And thanks a lot, Komoot, for supporting also this mini-series. It's time to dive up a bit. Another episode is probably gonna come for this season of the Broomwagon before the end of the year. And then we're gonna wrap things around. But that's another story. For now, enjoy your time and bye.